0: everybody welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington you guys my name is Katherine Kaufman and I'm a psychic medium here in Lexington Kentucky welcome to my every Monday night show this is where we discuss what and who we are in this journey called life okay I am trying to get let's see here I need to get Um, Michael Cook on here for you guys add viewers to be in your broadcast let's do it okay Um, I sent an invite let's hope that uh, let's hope that Michael gets it and he joins us here nice to see you guys hey to Sharon Bernard Paige Denise um, we are having to do this on my phone tonight, and a special shout out to Patty Ann Kreider because I had massive technical issues this evening. Be live would not work. I, you know, I got Michael on there, but he couldn't see or hear me. I could see and hear him perfectly okay, he couldn't see or hear me. And then, so then we tried Zoom. And every time I gave him the link to join, it kept telling him that I was in another meeting. So I thought, you know what? We're just going to have to use the phone. That is just crazy, though. I really, I mean, the quality of the video is not going to be as good um, using the phone, but whatever, right? Hey, to Sandra Lee Small, Melissa Arthur Woosley, Deanna Combs, Will Height, Julie Broghammer, and Betty Anderson. Good to see you guys this evening. Um, I'm doing this all on my phone, so we're going to... There we go. There's Michael. Come on, Michael. Join in the party. Special shout-out to my cousin, Grace Bonepale. And here comes Michael, hopefully. Waves and... Kisses to all you guys. Hey, Michael, what's up, man?
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Oh, my God. It's good to see you.
1: Good to see you.
0: So, everybody, this is Michael Cook. He is a cryptid researcher and has been for the last 20 years and was recently featured by the Travel Channel in Season 2. If you want to go and check out his account, it was really exciting. I was so stoked to see the uh, the video on that that was just awesome. So tonight I wanted to do a special kind of Halloween show and have you talk about your experience, the latest experiences, Michael, that you've had uh, specifically. I guess the one that the Travel Channel kind of featured.
1: Okay, yeah. Was, did
0: that happen? Like, where did that where did that happen, and when did that happen?
1: That happened on October sixth, two thousand uh, and eighteen. <laughs> October. Yep. Yeah. Most of my experiences have happened in October, oddly enough. Uh, the that's, first experience. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. Tell us about it. Where were you when that happened?
1: Uh, we had went to the Pinnacles. Um, first off, a little background of the area. I had researched there quite a lot over the over the years prior to this. And um, it kind of fell off dead. I mean, it really did. Nothing was going on after several trips in there. So we kind of gave it a break. And um, I decided my girlfriend at the time, uh, Gwendolyn Guthrie, and our friend Kenny wanted to go squatching. So I said, okay, you know, I'm not going to take them into a real active place. So we decided to go into the Pinnacles. I said, you know, I'll show you where some things have happened, you know. And um, we got up there, and it got dark on us. Uh, We didn't have any lights. We hadn't planned on being out late at all. Uh, So once it got dark, Kenny came up with three flashlights. They were small keychain flashlights. And if you watch the uh, Travel Channel show, uh, the flashlights were much bigger on the show than they were in real life. (laughs) Um, they were they were just bright enough to see what we were doing and uh, and if anybody's ever been on the pinnacles you know what it's like it's it's straight up and down in some places and you
0: uh, gotta be careful you're not gonna go off the edge
1: (laughs) right so we come down and we come straight down what they call the indian trail there's three or four different ways to get up to the top but if you go straight down the middle, it's called the Indian lookout trail and uh my dog just ran through holling ass
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's spooky <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh we uh we come off the Indian lookout trail and made our way on down and while we were uh about halfway or so we not- I noticed that there was something. Trailing us, paralleling us, whatever you want to call it. And um, I first. Did you
0: get a gut feeling first, or did you just, uh, or did you notice something, or did you just like the hair on the back of your neck stand up or anything?
1: Well, as you can tell, there's not much hair on my head or on the back (laughs) of my neck. So uh, I, well, no, I can honestly say I didn't have any kind of feeling at first, but once I started listening, I kind of knew what it was, and um, you know, here I am. I have two people with me that I care about. That I'm, you know, we're in a we're in a sketchy situation. So I tell uh, I tell Gwen, I said, you know, we we got to get off here. You know, let's get down flat ground. Um, in reality, I was saying, you know, we can't run. Um, uh, we can't run downhill. Right. So if we got into a a pursuit situation, the worst thing you can possibly do is run anyway. But if you have to run, running downhills, you're it's you're not gonna do it. So um we got down probably a good five hundred yards from the parking lot and we stopped. It was, you know, level, there was a little dip there we were standing in. And um you know, I told him what was going on. I didn't tell him up on the, on the mountain simply because, you know, there's, you don't want to put people in a panic. And if you tell them, you know, there's potentially a seven to nine foot, 500 pound creature, you know, tracking us, that would, Um, that puts me in a panic. In fact, I was already in, in somewhat of a excitement panic. I wasn't really panicking as far as being terrified at the time. Um, Yeah. So, We, you know, I told him what's going on. I said, you know, I think we might have, we might have something following us. You know, could it be a Bigfoot? Sure. Could it be anything else? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I just picked up a stick and I said, you know, I'm going to do a wood knock. And I popped the tree. Now, I'm going to refer back and forth to the show. On the show, it's dramatized a little bit. It shows me or the actor portraying me. Mm-hmm. Um, shows him knocking the tree three times. In reality, only only hit the tree once. Gotcha. And as soon as I hit that, we heard a right. I mean, it was a definitive wood on wood knock. Yeah. Right above us, and I said, "Okay, you know, that's what we got. This is this is where we're at." So, yeah. You know, after that, it kind of you know on the show again. Um, Kenny says, "You know, all hell broke loose, and it really did. It um, it got really, really scary really quick. Oh what sc- wow! What scared me the most is, you know, after the first initial wood knock, we had two creatures come in, and they were getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then we heard at one time we heard six def- definitive, distinct movements." around us. Now, does that mean there were six creatures? Absolutely not. That just means I heard six different movements. Right. So here I am in a situation that I researching for 18 years at the time had never been in. Uh, These two had never been in any kind of situation like this. (laughs) Uh, Oh my
0: God. Yes.
1: So we get, you know, I'm here in this situation. I've got two people, like I said, I care about greatly, and I've put them in imminent danger. And yeah. that is a that is probably the worst feeling you could ever have, knowing that something could possibly happen to somebody you you love, you care about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: there's there's really nothing you can do about it. But you know, these creatures are walking around us. They're slapping the trees they're making themselves known and you know I walk over uh Gwen she she has uh she has native american in her and she drew a a design in the in the sand in the dirt mm-hmm. and she said that it was you know for protection you know as long as she stayed in her circle um it was pro- it, she would be protected so I Kenny and I are standing there you know a good few feet away and I said, Kenny, are you okay? And I just reached over and I, I, you know, I put my hand on his chest. And when I did his, his chest, you could feel his heart beating. Um, oh, wow. He wow. he was, he was cold. He was sweaty. And, um, I said, Kenny, man, you know, you okay? And he goes, no, I'm, I'm not. I mean, it was straight up. I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. ready to get out of here. And I said, okay, you know, this is, this is it. We, we need to go. So I walk over to Gwen and you know I'm watching her and i I take my backpack off and pull out my firearm, which is a 40 caliber Ruger. and mm. uh, you know i I hadn't pulled it out at any moment during that uh
0: that's the best thing you packed with right
1: you. <laughs> so
0: oh, I pull God. my
1: uh, I pull my firearm out and i I have this little belt clip and you know I' clipped it on my belt. And uh, mainly not because of what was going on, but we were going toward the car anyway. It's one of these things where, you know, I'm thinking ahead. I'm going to go ahead and get my my gun out. That way I can go ahead and put it in the glove compartment when I get to the car. That's really and truly, I mean, swear to God, that's the only reason I pulled it out.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But once I walked up to Gwen and I just barely did touch her shoulder and I said, hey, honey, we got to get out of here. And I got that out of my mouth, and something came screaming toward us. Oof. I mean, you could feel the ground moving. And when, it, when the dust settled, uh, metaphor, or, uh, 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 metaphorically speaking, when the dust settled, I'd already pulled my firearm, had one in the chamber, wow. and I was pointing toward the sound. Gwen was already behind me, uh, kneeled down. And I just said, you listen, you know, you got to stop. This is, this is enough. I'm, I'm done. We're getting out of here. We're not going to bother you. Don't bother us. But if you do yeah. believe me, I'm, I'm going to unload. Yeah. And, uh, I told Gwen, I said, you know, I got her and Kenny together. I said, listen, you two go in front of me, you know, if something happens, I'd rather it happen to me, um, you know, hope to God that it doesn't happen. But if it does what I want you to do, I know I've told you not to run this whole time, but if something does happen, run as fast as you, as fast as you can get to the car, lock the doors, call 911, whatever you have to do. Um, do not mention utter the words Bigfoot because if you do, they won't come. Right. And she said, what about you? I said, well, I'm, I'm okay with this. I really am. I mean, you know, I've not had a long life, but for what it's worth, I've had a good life. Yeah. And you know, in in the moment I, I took my phone out and I sent my kid a message and say, hey, Bub, I love you. Just thinking of you and that, you know, let that be the last thing I say. You know, God knows, Bub, I still like, I don't want to die. I'm not sure no, at least eighty.
0: Prepared. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I put your, you put yourself in these situations. You, you know, it's up there on the top ways I'm going to die. I mean, you know, it, it really is. I mean, and and it's, it's just realistically speaking, you know, you, you go out, you, you go out in the woods and stuff. Chances are it might even be a heart attack, but nevertheless, you're probably going to die out there. Yeah. But they got about 10, 15 foot in front of me and I'm walking and I just turn my head you know like this, and looked over my shoulder with the little flashlight, and something uh, good nine ten foot tall uh stepped across the trail behind me and if anybody's ever been on the trails or the pinnacles, they're eight to ten foot wide, one yeah. step, one step was it, that was it, wow. it just, and that's when, that just kinda, that's when i kinda that's when I kind of went into uh survival mode again, and I said, you know I don't think I'm ready to do this And, uh, I walk up and I put my hands on both their backs and I said, come on, let's pick it up a little bit, you know, step up the pace and we get down to the cars and, you know, the rest is, you know, history, but the strangest things happened during that, you know, the whole night we had our, our cell phones, uh, were drained of battery. Um,
0: well, that's interesting.
1: It it is. And how
0: do you account for that? Do you think it? Like, is there a paranormal element to this that was draining the batteries?
1: I believe so. I believe that um, I believe that these things do possess some kind of supernatural uh, ability, if you will. I, well, a uh, lot
0: of people are saying that they're intradimensional.
1: That's also a. Uh, a very good uh, theory. I mean, I would not discount that. Um, my whole way of thinking was you know, in October of two thousand, one rose off the hill in front of me into the river, out of myth and into reality for me. Right. And, you know, my. What year whole, was
0: that, Michael?
1: That was October of 2000. Um, okay.
0: So, and then the next one was 2018.
1: No, the next visual encounter with them was in 2015 uh, with oh, Glenn okay. Mink and myself uh, at the Pinnacles. We we encountered two of them. Uh, we had uh, both saw the same thing. We saw one crash down in the road in front of us. And when we walked the way it ran, we came upon it and another one. Uh, the other one was a good nine foot tall or so. Um, huge. Just, just. A big, massive animal when uh that happened uh, about two weeks later, we went back in there to do some more research, and we saw we didn't see any bigfoot. we saw a blue light um, mm. the, blue, the blue light came toward us, uh pitch black, dark, we thought it was another hiker, uh-huh. and it came straight toward us, and then it rose up in the air, probably. Twenty-five, thirty, maybe even forty feet. Ooh. And it burst in a big flash. Okay, that, so
0: I have to interrupt real quick. What month was that?
1: That was in November. So you're, okay, you're, so, you're October, October, November. Um, then October again. But so
0: that leads me to think that this may have something to do with thinning the thinning of the veil during this time of year, in October, November, especially.
1: I think you you might be onto something. I mean that that you know entails more research about it, but most encounters, um, and most researchers, this is the season of the squatch. I mean, from mid September all the way up till December here, uh, there in Kentucky. Yeah, it, it's a. You know, it's a very active, um, active time of the year. Now you can attest a lot of that to the extreme heat and humidity that's around mm-hmm. in the uh, summer. You know, you gotta you gotta put your mind, you know, put yourself in their shoes. You're covered in hair. You you weigh five to eight hundred pounds. Um, I'd say heat is probably a very very uncomfortable time. For these creatures, if I were guessing, um,
0: hence, hence the nocturnal nature, maybe,
1: mm-hmm. and that's a that's actually a research uh, theory, also, is, is why they're nocturnal is because it's cooler at night, um, right? The but we're, uh,
0: we're bringing another theory in if they are interdimensional, maybe the thinning of the veil in September, October, November. Uh, allows them to interact with our dimension in a more tactile way.
1: Probably, possibly you got to, and you know, this is not a new theory as far as the time of the year goes. Uh, The Patterson Gimlin film happened uh, October 20th, 1967. Right. Right. So uh, I or uh, the it escapes me what what month the uh, Freeman footage was filmed. But um most encounters and stuff do happen during this time. Um, now that's not saying no encounters happen during the summer months or whatever. It's just depending on where you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: case in point, the year of the year is 2018, Jeff Ellis and I went on a cross country adventure. It ultimately ended up at the Patterson-Gimlin Film Site in Bluff Creek, uh, Northern California, Six Rivers National mm-hmm. Forest. Right. During that time we were there, we had what could be chalked up as quasi-Bigfoot activity. The most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life happened there. It was a, a grizzly bear. Oh, And uh, we walked right up on it. Oh. And um when it stood up it was feet literal literally feet from me. And you know that's the moment where you where you start re- really rethinking yourself. You're like, you know, why <laughs> am I even here? Why am what, I am, out here? <laughs> what am I doing? And you know Jeff another another good piece of advice is don't run, you know, Jeff. He's up. He said, "What do we do?" I said, "Whatever you do, don't run."
0: Yeah.
1: I said, "I don't don't run because you run. I'm in front. I'm dead. I'm done. So now
0: b- back to 2018 when you guys were trying to make your way out of this situation and there were they panicking? Were, were the people with you panicking or were they keeping it under control because of you? Uh,
1: uh, Gwen and Kenny both were, were very, very professional. Um, now, those who watched the watched the TV show, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I will stress this, and I stress this from the get go. What you see, remember, before anything, it is a TV show. Oh
0: now, yeah.
1: That being said, 95 percent of that show that that episode in particular, 95 percent of it was absolutely 100 percent to a T. Right. However, that five percent. Um, I was just talking about this earlier. The guy they had playing me uh, is a fit, military-looking dude, and you know, maybe not. That's, that's uh, kind of
0: a compliment,
1: though, right? <laughs> right. Well, it's a. It was a joke when I left the studio the day we filmed that. I said, <laughs> you know, get somebody that, you know, whoever plays me, make sure they look good. And they did. He was a good-looking cat. So, he, uh, um, the girl playing Gwen, she kind of amped it up a little bit on the show. There, Gwen was not freaking out as much as what the girl was portraying her. Right. Kenny, Kenny was pretty close to dead on the money. I mean, he had his moments where he was he was freaking out. But you got, you cannot... Look down on him for that. Put yourself in his situation. Oh,
0: I don't know what I would have done. I don't know. Um I and you know, I've come up against a lot of paranormal stuff, lots of paranormal stuff. And I think I like I would probably (laughs) panic more on a real something real, like tangible like that, rather than something paranormal. Well, if something paranormal happened to me, I'd be like, oh. (laughs)
1: i'm the same i'm the same way i've had several i've had i think i've had five visual encounters with bigfoot i've had unmeasurable accounts with them as far as vocalizations and tree knocks and stuff like i couldn't even begin to start counting those but as far as visual encounters go you know you never get over your last I or your first. I ne- I actually, you know, it's a it's a pretty bad al- analogy, but I I put it real close to I've never never done it, so I don't know. But I I what I've read, I put it pretty close to like a drug high. Um, yeah. you chase well, that you've first got a lot high. Of
0: adrenaline flowing because this is an abnormal situation and so that amount of chemical in your body is going to affect you just like a gr- a drug would.
1: Exactly. And you you know, that first encounter when I was pretty much a kid. Uh it's funny when you get a certain age, anything under twenty is a kid. So uh <laughs> yeah. uh when I was when I was a kid and had that, you know, I don't know if I could ever have that adrenaline rush again. But, you know, terror sheer you know unfiltered raw terror is what that is and um, (laughs) you know you're looking at something that is not supposed to exist
0: and your brain Uh, knows that
1: your brain knows that but your eyes and your brain are having having a real real hard time with each other and even now today you know fast forward 20 years later you know, I'm a believer, I'm a knower, I know these things exist. But, that being said, at the very presence of these creatures, uh, it's it's a terror. It's it's something that overwhelms you. Even today, like I said, I know they exist, but if I saw one walk through my yard right now, I would have to say, that's not supposed to be.
0: Oh my you know, God, Jim's. Yes. So, you, when you got back to the car after the 2018 incident, and I would like for you to give a little bit more information on um, how people can go and watch the episode, because I've watched it. It was great. It was very entertaining, but yet it told the story, you know, very thoroughly. And, um, like, how did you feel when you got back to the car? Relief.
1: Relief. Um a joke, but hungry. Honest to God. So listen to this. So prior to this incident happening, we had went to what they call the mysterious Monroe House up in uh Hartford City, Indiana. Oh, and, okay.
0: I I remember that.
1: Okay, so we went there and we it was a crazy forty eight hours. We 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 were in one of the most haunted places around and yeah. So, you know, you and I say you like I'm being prejudiced, but you paranormal people, (laughs) uh, you paranormal. (laughs) Well, you paranormal folks, you all, uh, you all could probably explain a little bit more than me because, uh, you know, you're already encounter, you're already interacting with the spiritual world. So does that. I mean, you're talking about the veil and all that, but on a personal level, does that mean that you are still open to the supernatural once you leave that place for a little while or, you know, could anything besides dumb luck have anything to do with what happened to us that night?
0: Well, when you, when you, um, when you go anywhere and you are seeking to connect with something or, or someone, you are throwing an energy cord out into the quantum field. And when you extend that energy cord out, you're searching for either an entity or a thing. And once you connect with that, uh, it takes a while to disconnect that energy. And so you have to really uh, try very hard to, uh, make that disconnection and and sometimes it takes several days to do that after you do an investigation or after you go on a uh s- squatch hunt so speak but um you know it, we're all connected through energy and once you extend that energy and connect you're wanting to connect with something it's not so easy just to disconnect from that sometimes
1: well, you know, uh, with us that whole night, like you know, I said previously, our phones. We went in with a hundred percent. Halfway up the trail, I look at my phone, I check my my phone, and it's like at seventy, and then and, you know, so forth and so on. We had just enough up on the top to take a few pictures, and then you know, Gwen she had a uh, she had a power bank with her, so she charged her phone up pretty quick. Yeah, and um, you know, but. Here's the crazy, craziest thing about it, you know, and I say crazy because there's no other no other word. Uh we started filming this when this first started happening. Uh from the encounter as soon as I tree knocked and everything. For yeah. fifty-three minutes, we, we were on YouTube live uh streaming this. Now, prior to this, we were on YouTube live for hours and hours and hours. Up at the Mon up at the Monroe House, yeah, and no kind of malfunctions or anything. So we filmed this. We had vocalizations on this also. Wow. And when we went to save it and share it, you know, to make it you know viewable as a save video, it malfunctioned, and it only it only saved nine minutes of it. The first nine minutes oh, you can go on YouTube. Awesome. I think it's on Uncharted Paracrypted Studies. YouTube yeah. channel and watch well, you, the first but, nine minutes. But
0: Michael, if you think about it, if it is an intradimensional being, the electromagnetic fields are going to be so distorted. It is not any wonder that it would not share or it wouldn't, uh, you know, connect appropriately.
1: I called, I, I, even, I even went as far to uh, contact YouTube and they have a database for, I don't, Uh, Bad news, folks. If you type in whatever you type into that search engine, your IP address, your username, everything is right there knowing what you're doing on YouTube headquarters.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: They went through and looked up, you know, the streaming time and all this. They see every single malfunction that happens. Right. Nothing happened that night. It was just like we streamed for nine minutes and that was it and right. that's it That's so, what
0: they received though right
1: that's what they received and you know the the rest of the 40 some odd minutes where did it go you know it was like it was never even on um and, and <laughs> i'll you know, tell
0: you exactly where it went it is out there in space somewhere it's
1: ba- bouncing around yeah in the cosmos um but you know The days following that, you know, it was a relief. Like I said, when we got to the cars, I said, you know, thank God. I went went home, went straight to bed, slept like a baby that night. Talked to a friend of mine that evening about it. Uh, Was it something that caused me severe mental distress? No, no, no. I was just thankful that we all got out. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: I, when I and saw the video, I was like, <laughs> it, "You
1: know, you can tell. Like on the YouTube video, you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm being as calm as I possibly can be, um, with everything going on." Well, but, I think
0: you did a good job of holding it together.
1: <laughs> I, the nerves didn't start until we walked into the film studio in uh, in Philadelphia. Now um so you know following the days following were real interesting as far as my life um i was already in talks with the travel channel to do something with them and i was on the phone with the producer um i was three or four days later and i said you know he said man he said you know i think we got a lot here you know, it's good barty, barty, barty. not giving too much away of what we were going to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, he said, you know, I said, well, you know what the craziest thing is, man, we had something happen a few days ago. And he said, wait a minute. What? So <laughs> I said, yeah, man, we, you know, he says, we like how many were there? And I said, well, there were three of us. And he said, okay. So a few Scott meetings later, uh, listening to Gwen and Kenny tell their sides of the story,
0: yeah. they
1: determined that would be, uh, uh, something good to film. So we got flew up to Philadelphia in mid December that year. Yeah. Um, uh, stayed for a couple of days. The filming part of that was a nightmare. It, and it was literally, we got there at like eight or nine o'clock that morning and it was in a sound studio Um, they have where the band and stuff would normally play. Yeah. They had that parishioned off and you know, Mm -hmm. all the curtains and stuff up the backdrops, but Mm -hmm. there was just me, a producer and the cameraman. And then behind the curtain was the sound guy. They rigged all this stuff up, you know, to get high quality sound to get my Southern draw good. But, (laughs) uh, it took us 10 hours to film that and for something that aired on tv for 45 minutes um but my part took the longest because we went back to the beginning
0: right Uh, they
1: didn't use any of it they used the first two seconds of it about me talking about being a researcher and giving my my background uh a little bit of uh clarity and all that but so,
0: But you know what I'm going to do is, you remember when we first met and we did uh, the video of your first encounter? What I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a link to that video and put it in the comments after the show. So if anybody wants to see and hear uh, that firsthand account, the first account that you had, that video is going to be in the comments section for you guys to look at
1: yeah it's it's but. worth it. I don't talk about it much anymore simply because uh it happened so long ago, and it was just me, and I'm a very mm-hmm. truthful person I'm, I'm honest to, I'm honest to a fault actually um, yes, I know <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, I have no reason to lie. in fact, I have all the reasons to lie about it not ever happening.
0: Oh yeah, because it can cause a lot of problems in your life.
1: It, it can, and you know, love life, friendships, relationships with your family, even down the jobs. You know, I've always kept my my professional life and my 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 Bigfoot life and my personal life all three separate entities.
0: Right. Um,
1: you know, it's not. It's I mean, it's impossible to hide it forever, but. You know, sooner or later, somebody's going to find out, and then they're going to ask you about it. But
0: That's kind of like being psychic. How many yeah. years did I hide that? I hid that for, I don't know, 35, 39 years. <laughs> but then I figured, and I and I'll tell you this too, is that if the people around you can't accept you for who you are in a truthful, honest way, then you don't need to be around them.
1: Well, I'll look at it too. You know, there's more to me than the Bigfoot stuff. There's way more to me than that. Um, you know, it. I mean people back home know me for who I am and Mm they, uh, I get questions a lot, but in the same respect, the people that know me back home know that I've been doing this for years and years and I don't get it as much. Now, when the TV show aired, <laughs> that was an experience because I was in Asheville, North Carolina, celebrating my birthday week that week, mm-hmm. and I did not know that it was coming out that particular day because this had been two years before we filmed it, and right. we hadn't heard nothing from anybody about when it was going to air, so i'm <laughs> actually sitting down eating uh lunch, and I get this message. And it says, hey, your episode's going to be on tonight. And I said.
0: Oh, wow. How exciting.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, whoa. So I look at my buddy that I met in Nashville. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on Travel Channel tonight. He goes, no kidding. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, I call mom and dad. I said, boy, you know, if you don't care, record it. You know, DVR it for me. And I'll watch it when I get home. So <laughs> swear to God, I'm at a bar that night. And I'm sitting there and there's like me and these two old ladies next to me. And <laughs> then like several other people walk in and the bartender goes, Hey, are you all watching this? And you know, there's, I don't know what was on. I said, no. And he goes, cool. I want to watch this show that I like. And damn it. When he turned to the travel channel,
0: that is awesome i
1: said i I said man (laughs) let's not do this and he goes what don't you believe and i was like oh you're getting ready to me. Yes,
0: i believe
1: (laughs) so i'm sitting there and i look up thinking you know nobody's in this bar gonna be watching this tv and i look up and there's me wearing the same shirt i'm wearing and i'm like crap so and that's the
0: universe. That is the universe giving you a special happy birthday.
1: I look over and this old ladies, the old ladies that are next to me, they are looking dead at me. And that one's like, do you know him? I'm like, I am him. <laughs> He's a good looking guy. I can tell you that. And, that's uh,
0: awesome. That is so, so awesome.
1: I look around and everybody in that bar is paying to the TV. And then they just kind of look over at me and I'm like, crap. So it was an interesting night. It was very cool. So Um, I have a
0: question for you. You're now in Tennessee, right? Yeah. Are there any locations that you've looked at in Tennessee that you might want to do an investigation on?
1: Smoky Mountains are always lit up with certain creepy things. Um, There's always places to go. Uh, the Smoky Mountains more than anything, though. It's uh it's a hot spot. It's where um uh, Lestroud had his uh supernatural mind speak encounter. Um UFOs over the Smoky Mountains. I mean, nobody wants to talk about those, but it's a it's a known phenomenon that there are UFOs over the Smokies. Uh, you're, wow. the way the crow flies, I mean, you're not that far from the Brown mountain lots, uh, Northern Georgia. So, mm-hmm. um, that all being said, you know, I there's a lot, uh, so I really do you
0: have anything, uh, that you want to do this spring
1: survive Corona, uh,
0: well, besides but- <laughs>
1: I want, you know what I want to do more than anything, all jokes aside, I want to go to Walmart or a restaurant without wearing a mask.
0: Oh, God, I, yes. Please. I want,
1: I want our lives to go back to normal. And they say this is the new normal. I, I refuse to believe this.
0: No, I. this is not. I refuse to believe it, too.
1: I'm um, rejecting
0: it. We're going to go back to non-mask and being able to hug each other and give each other a kiss and you know welcome each other into our houses if it and if it doesn't lord take me please
1: <laughs> i um uh, nope. as far as spring goes as as far as research goes no i'm my research as true my research is is almost barely scraping by anymore uh and so because... one of the
0: viewers is asking, have you been to Frozen Head?
1: Uh, no. I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> oh, So that came from Tom and Joy Hall. If you could, Joy, just um, put on there exactly where Frozen Head is. Uh, maybe uh, he's been to something near that. So, oh, and um after the show I hate to ask you Michael, but after the show if you could go through the comments and kind of answer people's questions that they've had.
1: Yeah, um don't what care one be- bit. And if you have <laughs> if you have a question and you don't want to pop on the comments, go ahead and just shoot me a message. I'll, you know, message definitely. Uh, I'll answer it privately if you want me to. Um but as far as Spring goes, I'm just no, I don't really have anything. I'm kind of going with the flow right now. My life is extremely busy anymore. And, um, you know, with, with the move and all that stuff that, that happened near Wartburg, yeah. Tennessee, Finding Bigfoot did an episode there. I know where Wartburg is, um, but I've never done any kind of research out there. uh wow. so, okay. that, um,
0: so she says there's a lot of sightings there.
1: Mhm well, Tennessee is a hot spot, also is Kentucky. uh anywhere along the appalachian mountains range is hot spots um but my life my life is big foot void right now to be honest with you i mean uh two thousand eighteen was think a-
0: everything's come to a grinding halt during corona, but um you know, I talked to you briefly about I really want to look more into the goblins of Hellier.
1: Now, I know the Newkirk's done the Hellier show, and yeah. I think it's on season two now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's connections they've made that no one else has made. Uh, yeah, um, I know. Mainly I know. the uh, cave systems in Kentucky. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... The Goblins of Hellier is actually something that's more known around Hellier than it is any, you know, everybody. When Hellier first came, comes out, everybody's like, what is this? Well, it's a town in eastern Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. But you go to Hellier and you say, hey, you find anybody, anybody in that town, say, hey, you, well, what about the Goblins? And they'll say, what about them? There's no, well,
0: they don't I, know about
1: them. Yeah. There's no, I don't know what you're talking about or they don't exist or, it's why well, well, you why well, you know about them. I sounded just like I sounded just like President Trump just then. I don't know about them, but I, they don't exist. They're the greatest. They're the greatest well, goblins on earth. Um. We got to go, Michael. We got to do that.
0: Yeah, we need to go. Let's, let's plan that for this spring.
1: Let's plan. Let's that. Let's
0: put that on the agenda. Um. And God willing, my health is okay that we can, you know, do something like that.
1: I think i think it'd be a fun trip uh, especially with you two Um uh, <laughs> then <laughs> i said it kind of like I, I, I said it facetious like but uh no i think it would be an excellent trip with you all um you know and i can get a hold of dave or of uh, greg and dana and newkirk and get the real lowdown on where to go i know uh you know there there's connections like i said about the cave systems and stuff and if you look at the cave maps you know even the goblins of hopkinsville that that the, was an
0: awesome story i absolutely loved reading about that and the the accounts from the police
1: mhm the police uh the police reports was what gives that validity mm-hmm. um and then you know The problem with that story is everybody that was involved in that story is dead now, but a few of the kids, and they don't want any part of it at all. Um,
0: Well, I'm sure they're tired of all the PR and prying into their private life.
1: I get that. I'm. you know, I'm one of these guys that like, if somebody recognizes me in Walmart or wherever I'm at, they are, hey, yeah, you're, are you the Bigfoot researcher? Nope, don't know what you're talking about. And I walk on by uh-huh. if I'm, if I'm burnt out on it. Um, right, right. You know, just like the, uh, the TV show when we filmed it, I told the same story over and over and over again. It's like, you know, you asking me what color is the cup? Well, the cup is red, you know, it has half a cup of water on it. Uh, Uh, okay. That's cool. What color was the cup? It's red. It's got a half a cup of water in it a thousand times over until you finally, you're almost to the point of breaking down and crying. And that's when they, that's when they get you. That's when they, they, that's their final cut when you are exhausted from it. But then, you know, we fly home the next day and I had a podcast or something to do. And I was talking to the guys and I was like pre-show and I said, guys, they're like, you anything you want to talk about in particular? I'm like, nothing about Bigfoot. <laughs> Let's leave that. I don't <laughs> and want.
0: And here I ask you to come on and talk about
1: Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later. Um, I would do it over and over again for you. But, you know, I went through a phase where that, that, that three or four months after we filmed that show, I didn't do nothing. I, yeah. just, I stayed home and went to work, stayed home, went to work. I didn't get on any podcasts. And, you know, after Gwen and I broke up, I took a long break from Bigfoot and anything else. And I came back and I said, you know, I'm not going to start That's- a Facebook page. I put it on my personal fa- page. Yeah. Well,
0: you took a hiatus, but now we're talking about goblins, so that should give you a different kind of focus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, goblins, um, I'm really interested, like I said, the UFOs over the Smokies. I would like to know more about that. If anybody's watching and you have a UFO encounter that's happened near the Smoky Mountains,
0: please put it in the comments or message Michael. Um, I'm going to read a couple of the I, I tell you what I did. We, you know, we go out to Peddler's Mall and the state sales and stuff like that to look for um, haunted items that we do for the haunted items hut. And I found a book in the Peddler's Mall called Ghosts Along the Cumberland. And it's by William Linwood Montell, And it's an old book and it has some really historical old ghost stories in it. You're welcome to hang around and, and listen, I'm going to read two that my grandchildren said. I, actually, I read like nine or ten of the stories to them. And they, I said, okay, which ones were your favorite? And they could only remember two that stood out to them. So I was like, okay, we'll go with those. So I'm going to read two stories. And I want to uh, thank you for coming on the show and telling your experiences And wish you a happy Halloween and sending you all the love for me and David and how much, you know, your friendship means to us. And, uh, so we just really love love
1: you you all both. I love you all both. You know that, um, folks, if you want to see me more of me, you can catch me on these woods are haunted on the travel channel. Um, this new movie, uh, crap <laughs> i forgot what the name of it is go uh find bigfoot i forget what it's called now I mean, I'm, I'm on a movie about bigfoot amazon I'll prime it check it, it out i don't know what it's called just
0: drop it in the uh, yeah comments. i'll drop it in
1: when i when i figure it out uh okay. then this podcast you can see you can rewind it uh and as far as everything else, folks, have a very squatchy Halloween and a Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. So, all right. Catherine, love I love you. you. David.
0: Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's get to some ghost stories. These are really cool. This is the book. I, I don't know if you can. It's probably going to be backwards for you, but it's Ghosts of the Cumberland, uh, Ghosts Along the Cumberland. Uh, by William Linwood Montel. I don't even know if this book is still in print or not. But uh, some of the stories in here are freaking awesome. So this first one is Cries of the Dead. And this is Dying Man's groans Still Heard. I could not believe this story when I was reading it. And so here it goes. And this is your Halloween special, by the way. Dying man's groans still heard. Well, this is the way the story goes. Many long years ago, it's uh, so far back that the people never had, they didn't have coal oil. Uh, The only lights they had was candles. And these were very wealthy people that had built them a big fine house and entertained a lot had big balls and dances and things and these big chandeliers and candles in them and all that stuff. And said one night they was having a ball and everyone had their lots of music and people dancing and having fun, you know. And one fella came in and says, "You heard about that murder just across down the Tennessee line?" And everybody says, "No what?" well says there is a girl murdered down there and the fella got away though said they haven't been able they're still looking for him and they haven't found him yet said they knew who killed her but said they haven't been able to find him and so someone said why lord no said he's hiding out somewhere and see it's not far from here is it to the tennessee line you know and says He might be somewhere in here in Kentucky. Somebody else spoke up and said he might be in this very house. No telling. Says he hid somewhere. Nobody has found him yet. And so they all got to joking about it. And then somebody says, the bravest girl here will take a candle and go upstairs and look under the bed. And didn't any of them want to do it? The girl said, oh, no, 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 no. But Mr. Bell, that's the owner of the house, Mr. Bell was the name of the people that came in with the lighted candle in his hand and says, there never has been a bell yet that was a coward. So you take this candle and go upstairs and you look under that bed. So she wasn't shaken, she was Bell's daughter. And she took that candle like her father told her and went upstairs. And when she stooped over and looked under the bed, there laid looking at her, looking out at her. Well, she screamed and fainted. And afterwards, they knew, of course, they all that day, age people started going somewhere. They grabbed a candle to go by. They come with more candles, you know, when they heard her scream and said afterwards, they knew she had dropped her candle on the bed the way the house caught a fire. But nobody noticed it at the time that she had dropped it. They took her downstairs and bathed her face, you know, and took the man. There was a man under the bed. And they took the man and got a rope and tied him up in the basement and went on with the party. After a while, after all the talking while, they went on dancing and music until daylight. Along towards morning... Why, the first they knew of the fire, they was making so much racket with the dancing and the music and everything. They didn't hear the fire going on overhead. Uh, so the first they knew of the fire, the ceiling was falling in, and the house was too far gone to save. The whole top of it had done burned up, you know, and everybody commenced to getting out to save themselves, and they forgot all about the man that they had tied up in the basement, and they heard him moaning and groaning. And it was too late to get him because the house had done caved in on him. And I always tell the children, wasn't no difference anyway, because he'd have been hung, you know, and because he was the man that killed the girl, and there wouldn't no escape for him, you know. But they said they built back, and instead of a frame house, that had burnt down they built back a a brick house because they was wealthy people and so they had insurance but i don't know i guess uh they built it back another big fine brick house but said every night they could hear the same time that the fellow burned up in the basement they could hear him moaning and groaning under the house and they sold it and they sold it several times And everybody declared that they heard the fellow down there in the basement moaning and groaning. So finally, the community went together, and uh, Christian people bought the old building and tore it down and built a big, fine church out of it. But uh, they said they could still hear the man under the church moaning and groaning every night. And this was recounted in Adair County, kentucky in 1964 so that is um that is such an interesting 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 ghost story and i want to i want to read you guys one more uh and this one was really good my uh, granddaughters absolutely love this one it's called the visitor in my room and this was an account made in wayne county kentucky in 1938 In passing through a village not many years ago, I stopped to spend the night with a very dear friend whose husband had recently died. This family once lived very close to me, and I had known the husband very well when he was living. I had supper and spent a very pleasant evening with the family, which consisted of the mother and three daughters. When it came time to retire for the night, the mother asked me, If I was afraid to sleep upstairs, after assuring her that I was not afraid to sleep any place in the house, I was shown to my bedroom, which was a small upstairs room with a wall, which seemed to separate it from another room, but there was no door leading to it. Everything seemed very quiet and I turned out the light and I was soon asleep. I did not know how long I had been asleep, but I was suddenly awakened by a noise, which seemed to be in the room or in the room just behind the wall. It seemed to be a carpenter at work, such sawing and hammering as I'd never heard before. I listened for a few minutes, thinking perhaps it was morning and that somebody was up Uh, awake and at work but finally I decided to turn on the light and see what it was when I turned on the light the sawing and hammering stopped but I could see somebody standing in the corner of the room the husband of my friend with whom I was spending the night he had on a dark hat which was slightly drawn over his face But at once I recognized him. I kept the light on for some time, but I did not speak. And he did not move, but stood perfectly still with the hammer and the saw in his hand. I finally decided there was no use in alarming the family or to continue staring at him. So I again turned out the light. Immediately, the sawing and the hammering began again as loud as ever. Several times during the night, I would again turn on the light. Each time, the noise would stop, and the form of the man would stand perfectly still until the light was out again, us staring at each other. The next morning, the family asked me if I had slept. I replied that something had made a lot of noise, but it might have been rats. They looked at me in abject horror, and the mother said, yes, it might have been rats. (laughs) I hope you guys have a fabulous Halloween this year. This is your Halloween special story today. And I wish you guys a happy rest of 2020. Kisses from Kentucky. And I will see you next Monday night. Have a great week, you guys, and have a fun Halloween. Love you all. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.